Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled God Veiled in Human Flesh. It shall be focused on the study of Acts chapter 17. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word to see you veiled in the flesh of humanity and how, Lord, Father, we know that your plan has always been to prepare man so that you can live in him. For the scriptures tell us that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And now, Father, you are in us testifying of the work that you did on Calvary. So we pray, help us to serve your kingdom more than our own and to be representatives of your gospel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Acts chapter 17. Chapter 17 Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed, and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews, and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Other some, He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection, and they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, 
We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, or silver, or stone, graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Burnham titled The Unveiling of God. This was preached in 1964 on June the 14th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 33 up to paragraph 78. I trust you find it to be a blessing. God has always in every age has hid behind the veil. All ages. But he's been God all the time. But he's kept himself hid from the world and reveals himself to his elected, like the apostles at that day. Now that was God speaking in Christ. Now man has always, it's been the nature of man, he sought to see physically that God. He's always wanted to see it. Man has made creatures that look like him. They'd think of uh, uh, the Indians worship the sun and, and we find in Africa different forms of animals and so forth and up at the totem poles in Alaska and, and different forms that they think this God is in. As Paul spoke there at Athens that time on Mars Hill and I told him that they were superstitious concerning this unknown God that they knowed he was there but yet they didn't know him 
And uh, so we find even back as far as Job. Job knew that there was a God. He knew it. And there's not a, a, a human being in their right mind, but what knows there's got to be something somewhere. And now Job wanted to talk to him. And I want you to notice the form that God chose to talk to Job in. God was veiled when he talked to Job. He was veiled in a whirlwind. Came down in a whirlwind. You believe that God still comes in a whirlwind? There's several sitting here, a number that was with us the other day when he came in a whirlwind. Told us the day before, Brother Banks Woods, then when he said, take up this rock, throw it up in the air and say, thus saith the Lord. You will see it right away. And I picked up the rock up on top of the mountain, threw it up in the air, and the course coming down, it started the whirlwind. See, the suction of it. You have to do something to cause something to follow it. Jesus took a piece of bread and broke it, then multiplied from that piece of bread. He took water, poured it into a pitcher. Elijah took salt, put it in a cruise cut down a stick, throw it on the water. It's something to symbolize. And picking up this rock and throwing it into the air and coming down started the whirlwind. The next day, while there was a minister with us on a hunting trip, he was standing close and uh, he said to me, does the Lord give visions out like this, Brother Branham? And I said, yes, but I usually come out here to rest. And just then, the vision came. And Brother Borders, I think he's outside now. He was along. Brother Banks Woods, I think, and all several was up there. Eight or ten. And Brother Banks Woods watching for this right on the mountain, right across from exactly about one half mile where the seven angels appeared that are left here to go there for. And come back and told the, uh, about the seven seals. Just about a half a mile from that. And then the next day, when this was going on, while the, uh, I said to brother, this brother, I said, what's your trouble? You've got an allergy in your eye. The doctors has tried for a couple of years to stop it, and they can't do it. They say, you're going to, it's going to eat your eye out. And I said, but don't worry. The Lord Jesus has honored your faith. And he just dropped his gun. And I said, your mother, what she was and what was wrong with her. And he said, that's the truth. Brother Roy Roberson from the church here, standing present, I guess all of you know him, <clears throat> knowing he was a veteran and knowing what was going to take place, I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, Brother Roberson, be careful. Watch. Something's fixing to happen. I walked back to where I was supposed to be standing, and out of the air came a whirlwind down to a canyon from above that was so great till it tore rocks eight or ten inches through out of the top of the mountain and threw them 200 yards out in and clapped three times like that and a voice came from it. And all of them standing there. Brother Banks, present now, came up and said, that was what you told me yesterday. I said, yes, sir, that's it. He said, now, what did it say? I said, now, that's just for me to know, Brother Banks. Because it was, it would alarm people, but it went ahead, it happened. Just a little traveling northward, a little few days later, it hit in the ocean and you see what happened around Fairbanks. It was a judgment sign. Now, <clears throat> we find that, that God still, uh, you see, throw people into panics. 
And so then the head that had to happen, see, it just has to happen. The things that's got to happen, got to happen anyhow. Amen. See, it's going to happen anyhow. Amen. Moses one time desired to see God, and God told him to stand on the rock. And on the rock, Moses stood and he seen God pass by and his back looked like the back of a man. God was in a whirlwind and God, while Moses standing on the rock, I guess you all see the picture out there the other day, we stood by that same rock and here's that light, the angel of the Lord, right there where Clap's standing, right on the bulletin board there now again. Notice, Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. Amen. See? He's the same God, just changing His form. Now, someone said the other day, a, a Baptist minister out in Tucson, how can you say that uh, Jesus and God would be the same person? I said, well, it's very easy if you just let your own thinking get away and think the Bible terms of it. They are the self-same being. God is a spirit. Jesus is the body that he was veiled in. See? I said, like in my home, to my wife, I am her husband. And I have a young daughter, Rebecca. I am her father. And I have a grandson. And his name is Paul. I am his grandfather. I am husband, father, and grandfather. And my wife has no claims on me as father. Our grandfather, she has claims on me alone as husband. And my daughter has no claims on me as husband. Our grandfather, she is my child. See? But yet all these three persons is the same person. Okay? That's God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's just the dispensation claims. God is saying the same God. God changed himself, changes his form. If you notice here in Philippians, he said, not thinking it a robbery, but took the form of man. Now, the Greek word there for that form, I've been looking at it all day yesterday, trying to think out what it was. I find come with this word, uh, amorphia. It's spelled E-N-M-O-R-P-H-E. Looking in the Greek to find out what Amorphia was, I may pronounce that wrong, but the reason I spell it, whether the tape is released, the people, will, scholars, will know what I, I mean by it. He, uh, when the Amorphia, that means that he changed himself. He, he come down. Now, the Greek word there means that something that could not be seen, yet it's there. And then it's changed, and the eye can catch it. See? Like Elijah was a dolphin. See, the, the servant couldn't see all those angels around there. And God just changed, not brought the angels down, but he changed the seeing of the servant. And there was the mountains full of angels, and fire, and horses of fire, chariots of fire, all around his prophet. See, he changed the scene. The, the thing is already there. Amen. So that what I'm trying to say that God that always was is here. Amen. The only thing he done when he become man, he changed his mask. Amen. 
see, he, he, this uh, immorphia, he, he changed himself to what he was, to what he is, or his mask, uh, another act, like in a great drama. Uh, as I was uh, speaking this morning, kind of catching up on this of Shakespeare. It's been a long time. But when Shakespeare wrote the, the, the drama the, uh, for King James of England, when he, uh, the character of Macbeth, See, Shakespeare did not believe in witches. But uh, uh, in the play, for the king did believe in witches, so he had to include witches. See, and now in order to do this, they changed the cast. Becky here uh, and Carmen, they acted that in the, in the school where she just graduated a few weeks ago. Now, maybe one person played three or four parts. In order to do that, he, he changed his mask. Sometimes he comes out, he's this character. And the next time he comes out, he's another character. But it is the same person all the time. And that's God. He changed himself from, from a pillar of fire to become a man. Then change himself from that back into spirit again, that he might dwell in man. God acting in man, what he really was. Jesus Christ was God acting in man, in a man, in a man. That's what he was. He changed from the pillar of fire, and then it come in which was a veil in the wilderness that hid God from Israel. Moses seen the shape of his body, but really he was hid all the time behind this pillar of fire, which was the Logos that went from God. Now, we find here, now, since Pentecost, God is not acting uh, in man, or act, and now he's acting through man. See? He was acting in a man then, Jesus. Now he's acting through man that he has chosen for this purpose. God in the form of man, uh, he changed himself from the form of, of, a, of God to a form of man. He came in three names, three sons' names. He came in the son, name of the son of, of man, the son of David, and the son of God. Three sons' names. Now he came first in the son of day, uh, son of man, because he was a prophet. Now Jehovah Himself called Ezekiel and the prophets son of man. What says thou? Jesus never referred to himself as son of God. He referred to himself as son of man, because the, the scriptures cannot be broken. There can be nothing broken in the Scriptures. Every word must be so. That's the way that I believe it. That's the way it's got to be. Not because I believe it, because it's the Word of God. Now, if you notice, in the beginning, one word, page one in the Bible, in Genesis 1, we find out that the whole all the sickness, all the sorrow, all the heartaches, and everything that's ever happened to human beings 
came because one person disbelieved one word. Caused all this. That's the first of the Bible. In the last of the Bible, Revelation 22, the same God said, Whosoever shall take one word out of this, or add one word to it. See, it must be word by word. Just the way it is. So therefore, I just take the little thing like I'm going someone always going over to you about the women uh, bobbing their hair. Now to me, as long as she does that, I don't care how saintly she does and how much she knows, she's still wrong. She wears shorts and these clothes like that. I don't care what she does, how much she can sing, how well she can preach, whatever she could do, what kind of a life she lives, it's still that one word's broke. See, it's got to be every word. Not a sentence, a word. One word. So the Bible is no private interpretation. It must be word by word the way it's written. We must believe that and not only believe it, but live it. If we don't live it, then we don't believe it. We just say we do. Like, uh, basing back to what I said, those disciples could not explain it, but they believed it anyhow. And they made their confession and lived to it. When all the rest of them walked away from it, they stayed with it. They believed it. That's the way we do. That's the way you got to do it. No matter what anybody else does, we believe it and then we act upon it. If you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Uh, Notice, now as he came, he had to come as son of man because the Holy Scripture said that he would, God would raise up a prophet to him. So he could not come calling himself the son of God because it wasn't that dispensation. He was the son of man prophesying to fulfill and revealing to them all the things that had been done in type what he was. Then he was on earth as son of man. Look at that seraphim woman run to him and said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He never as much as raised his head. She had no claims on him as son of David. She was a Gentile. No more than my daughter has claims on me as husband or my wife as daughter. Yet she is my daughter and my wife. She's my daughter in the gospel. But earthly, she has no rights to call me a, a father. See, Now notice, this Gentile woman had no claims on him as son of David. But blind Barnabas did. See, he was a Jew. Now, he came as son of man. You have to know these words and these things. Look at Hattie Wright that time when the third pull, you remembered. Of all the everything, that woman said the right thing. You've got to say that right word. The right thing to God. Notice. Now, he came first as a prophet. And they crucified him. His own crucified him. He came as the Son of Man. Then after the Holy Spirit came... He was then the Son of God. God is a Spirit. He was the Holy Spirit, Son of God. He lived through the church ages as Son of God. Now, in the millennium, He'll be Son of David. 
sitting upon the throne of his father, David. He is the son of David now. And remember, between the son of God and the lady of the church age, they put him out. And Luke, he said, he would be revealed again as son of man. The prophet fulfilling the rest of it. The scriptures tie perfectly together. Son of man. Son of God. Son of David. What was it? It's the same God all the time. Just changing his form. In Morpheus, he just changed it. It's a great drama to him. He's acting it out. He came as son of man, the prophet. Done exactly. Even that little woman in all of her sin there at the well, she recognized him. She said, we know the Messiah's coming, which is called the Christ. That's what he'll do. See? She recognized because she was a predestinated seed. Then she, where the rest of them didn't recognize it, they had nothing to recognize with. They were in sin to begin with. For, for his acts, he changes his form. Then he came the form of son of man for the reformer's age. Wesley, Luther, and all down through the... And then we find out that they got it so bundled up, just like the Israelites did. Though when he does appear in the last days in the Pentecostal age, as the Holy Spirit, they rejected it. Amen. They did the same thing Israel did. Amen. And what does he do now? Return us, son of man. Amen. And then from that son of David... See how close we are? Son of man. Son of David. Son of God. He's revealed in the last days as son of man. According to Malachi 4, all the rest of prophecies pertaining to this hour. No more dealing with the church after they put him out. On the outside, knocking at the door. Some predestinated seed in there yet. He must get to them. God and man had emptied himself. Joel 2, 28, we find out. He said, I will pour out in the last days my spirit. Now, if you notice uh, the word there, Greek word, I may have this wrong, but the one I could find, you have to watch the words. The English sometimes means double meanings. Just like the word, we say God. God created the heavens and earth, Genesis 1. But now, in the Bible, it said, In the beginning, Elohim. Now, Elohim, the English calls God. But it really wasn't Elohim. Anything could be God, the, the word God. You can make an idol a God. You can make that piano a God. You can make anything a God. But it isn't so in the word Elohim. It means a self-existing one. See? That piano cannot be self-existent. Nothing else can be self-existent. So the word Elohim means he that always existed. God can mean anything. See the difference in the word? Now when it said here that he emptied himself or poured out, now we think like this, that he vomited up. The English word of emptied or poured out from him. See, something went out of him that was different from him. But the word kenosis in the Greek does not mean that he vomited up or some his arm went off or his eye went out. Another person. That is, he changed himself. 
He poured himself into. Amen. Into another mask. Into another form. Not another person went out of him. Called the Holy Spirit. But it was he himself. Amen. You get it? He himself poured himself into the people. Christ in you. How beautiful, how wonderful to think God pouring himself into the human being, into the believer. Pour out. It was a part of his drama to do so. God, all the fullness, all the Godhead bodily was in this person, Jesus Christ. He was God and God alone. Not a third person or a second person or a first person, but the person. God failed in human flesh. First As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You were unveiled in us and we pray when... Lord, may the word be born in a manger of our heart. Let it live in us and, Lord, live inside this house of clay and mold it every day. So let the word be born in a manger of our hearts. Help us, Father, to have your view and your wisdom and how we know that you're not a respect of persons. Help us, Father, to love each other regardless of how much money we make or how pretty we look or... Lord, whatever way that we as human beings use to denigrate each other or stratify each other. But we pray, may we look at each other and recognize that by one spirit we are born into one body. And to recognize that all these other things that classify human beings on the earth that we live, they're temporary things that are vain in and of themselves. We pray asking you to give us that attitude. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Oh